Good morning. It is uh, 10.07, and uh, we are awaiting a, an update on DeMar Hamlin's uh, condition. We were talking about him. Uh, he took that hit in the chest, had a heart attack. Uh, we're apparently going to get an update shortly. We'll, we'll keep you apprised of that. Um, we'll find out what happens in the next hour. The House of Representatives is going to have their vote for the new speaker, and apparently uh, it is not a done deal for McCarthy. Anything but. Uh, we'll try to carry that for you as well. <clears throat> the, John Stossel had a piece he wrote about uh, government um, and poverty. And it was, it was kind of a, it, 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 some neat observations here. They passed this war on poverty. When it began, he writes, and this is true, Americans were lifting themselves out of poverty year by year. The number of families below the poverty line decreased. Then the government bureaucrats come in with the welfare programs and all these programs that are designed to help the poor. Take a stab, Brian, at how much money we've spent on those programs to help the poor. Take a wild guess. Oh, how about uh, $600 billion? <laughs> No, no, it's in the trillions, Brian. That, are you? No, you're making that up. No, no, no. Oh, my Take a stab at it in the trillions. I don't know. I, I mean, that blows me away. $25 trillion on programs for the poor. Wow. Yeah. So for the first seven years after the welfare state uh, passed, uh, the, you know, the, the, the poverty level dropped. Of course, it was dropping before that, so that's no big deal. But eventually, people become aware of the rules... You know, they go year after year on the programs. They start taking advantage of it. And guess what? The progress stopped. Government handouts encourage people to become dependent on handouts. They call it learned helplessness. John Stossel has a piece on this uh, at Reason Magazine. Welfare created an underclass, generations of people who don't work because they lose benefits if they do. Generations of people bear children but don't marry. They'd lose their benefits if they do. Government taught people to be passive. And this passivity was something new and bad. That's why charity is better. Charity workers can make judgments about who needs help and who needs a push. Not all charities do good. Some are bad as government. But when they are well run, they encourage independence. Imagine if you're, you're poor... Uh, something has happened. You've lost a job or your spouse has passed or whatever it is. And you go to, to the food bank for food. You go to a charity hospital for medical attention. Uh, you realize that every dime that you get is being volunteered. Uh, somebody is taking money out of their own checking account and giving it to you. You feel guilty. You don't want to keep doing that. And the beauty is that if you go out and get a job, if you're lucky enough to find something, they don't yank the rug out from under you. And, and you, you pick up some steam, you get better, you make more money, and you don't need it as much, and, they, and you're weaned off of it. But if you're on a government program, the moment you start gaining some steam, they yank it out from under you. So you don't want to do that. You don't want to make too much money. I'll lose my free health care. 
That doesn't happen with charity. But it does with the government. And we literally lock these people in lifestyle year after year, generation after generation. And you are forced to give the government money so they can destroy the livelihoods uh, and the lives of generations of poor people. Senator Elizabeth Warren uh, complained that Elon Musk should pay taxes and stop freeloading off of everyone else. His answer, I will pay more taxes than any American in history. He paid $11 billion that year. And he wrote, don't spend it all at once. Oh, wait, you already did. The feds burn through $11 billion every 15 hours. 15 hours. Not even a day. And they spent the money he gave them. And why should he pay $11 billion to live in this country? I, I defy anybody to call me up and tell me why he should pay $11 billion to live in this country. What, what did he do that, that, you know, cost $11 billion? He's created a lot of jobs. He made his money on the backs of the poor, Gary. The poor got their jobs in many cases because of him. He would not have the money that he has if it wasn't for the poor. <laughs> We're just getting, trying to help you here. Yeah, you're, you're giving me the Brian the liberal thing. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no excuse for that. I'd rather he had that $11 billion to come up with an alternative to his battery-powered cars. And by the way, he is looking at alternatives. Because we know battery-powered cars are, are not going to work in the long run. I'd rather he have that money to put more satellites up. I'd rather he have uh, that he use that money to buy another airplane. Because somebody would have had to build it. Some salesman would have had to sell it. Some mechanics will have to service it. But instead, he gave it to them, and in less than a day, they spent it. This is... This is the stupidity of the left. Tell me why. Why should he pay $11 billion? What did he do? What did he take? What did he burn up? You know, if, if I spend uh, $250,000 on a condominium, I got something for it. I, and, and somebody got paid for what they gave up, their labor, their materials. What did he get? What did he take? He didn't take up labor. He didn't take up materials. He paid for all of that. What did he get? He got ripped. That's what he got. He got ripped. Unbelievable. Uh, the left, the logic of the left never ceases to amaze me. Never Eight, makes seven. sense to me either, the fact that any rich person, they always seem to want to go after them because they haven't paid their, quote, fair share. Yeah, well, they have to vilify the rich in order to 
to uh, explain why they're taking more and more of their money. And I was, I can't remember, it was Fox News I was watching um, yesterday, I think. And they were talking about um, rich people. And, they, and, he, and this Democrat did what Democrats always do. When they're talking about raising taxes on the rich, it's one or two percent. It's just, just one or two tiny. They won't even it's, feel it. No, it's nothing. But when they get a tax cut of one or two percent, then they don't talk percentage. Then they talk dollars. Well, it's $100,000 per this or a million dollars for that. It's a giveaway to the rich. It's a cute little trick. If you're raising their taxes, it's a percentage. If you're lowering their, their taxes, we'll give you the, the dollar amount. We'll make it look as though they're getting away with something. They are... They're, they're cutting their own throat. 874-9390, toll-free numbers 800-529-5572. Uh, what is this? Uh, let's see, Malcolm X had, the, had it right 60 years ago. The white liberal is the worst enemy to America, writes Brian in his quote of Malcolm X. And the worst enemy to the black man. If the Negro wasn't taken, tricked, or deceived by the white liberal, then Negroes would get together and solve our own problems. I only cite these things to show you that in America, the history of the white liberal has been nothing but a series of trickery designed to make Negroes think that the white liberal was going to solve our problems. Malcolm X. I'm not a big fan of his either, but uh, if that's uh, an accurate quote, uh, it's pretty good. All right, uh, the omnibus bill um, really was bad for for the Second Amendment. Um, Republicans should never have signed on to it. Guess who did in Missouri? Oh, Roy Blunt. Man, oh, man. And he called himself a Republican? All right. Uh, we've got more, much more. Net zero, that's what the uh, the left keep telling us when it comes to CO2. Apparently... That's a pipe dream. That's next. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. It's 1021. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Net Zero was mentioned in more than 6,000 filings with the Securities and Exchange Commission in 2022. And a lot of other times by publicly traded corporations and investor groups and statements and on their websites. It's more of a slogan, uh, writes... Uh, Steve Malloy from JunkScience.com. Steve's a friend of mine. He's been on the program uh, several times. Apparently, the Electric Power Research Institute, and this is not the only study. There, there's another uh, that we'll talk about. Um, they are the research arm of the uh, electric utility industry. They released a report uh, called Net Zero 2050, which is, you know, Biden and the Democrats are leaning heavily on this. Uh, U.S. economy-wide deep decarbonization scenario analysis. It's a long title, but what they're saying is, can we reach net zero uh, the way Biden wants us to? Uh, and can we pull it off by 2050? And apparently, the study shows that clean electricity plus direct electrification and e uh, efficiency 
are not sufficient by themselves to achieve net zero economy, uh, economy-wide emissions. In other words, no amount of wind turbines, solar power, uh, solar panels, hydropower, nuclear power, battery power, electrification of uh, fossil fuel technologies, or energy efficiency technologies are going to get us to net zero by 2050. Even to achieve deep decarbonization, which isn't net zero by 2050, they said a broad portfolio of options that includes low-carbon fuels and carbon removal technologies will be required. This is not going to be cheap. Low-carbon fuels, efficient biofuels, don't exist. Carbon removal technologies aren't possible to scale up and if they were, get ready for this price tag, it would cost one quadrillion, one quadrillion, that's a million billion dollars at today's prices to remove 1.6 trillion tons of atmospheric carbon dioxide. And that's what John Kerry wants. He, he, it needs to be sucked out of the atmosphere even before we get to net zero. All, that's all it's going to cost? A quadrillion dollars? Wow. How often have you heard quadrillion dollars before? Uh, did, I've not seen it in a report like this before. This is a stunning amount of money. There's more. They said the study does not include a detailed assessment of factors like supply chain constraints, uh, operational reliability and resiliencies, of a net zero electricity grid. There are other studies too. Um, another report, 2022 long-term reliability assessment from the North American Electric Reliable, uh, Reliability Corporation. They're a government certified grid reliability and standard setting group. They concluded fossil fuel plants are being removed from the grid too fast to meet continuing electricity demands. And that is putting most of the country at risk of grid failure and blackouts during extreme weather. And they saw that in Texas a year before last. We've seen that in other places. Europe is, has been struggling with this uh, for several years. They really jumped into this green energy nonsense. All it did is destroy their, their power supply. We are dangerously dismantling our electric grid while burdening it with more demand in hopes of getting to net zero by 2050. It is a fantasy. It will not happen. Progressives, give it up. It's, it's, it's ignorant. Literally, it's ignorant. Um, I, I was going to talk about the story a little earlier in the, in the program. I didn't get around to it. I got a couple of minutes now. I'm going to throw this out there. Apparently, uh, there is a trans guy who thinks he's a girl, uh, who is uh, writhing in agony over his intense period. I'm not making this up. He has some cramps. Yeah. He's menstrual cramps. Um, grabbing his abdomen, oh, writhing man, in agony. I that mean, must it's be awful. Horrible, yeah. Uh, especially since he doesn't have a uterus. I can't imagine how painful this must be. 
Well, he imagines he's a different sex, and so he's imagining this pain. You don't have any, you know, feelings for the guy? Uh, it, well, you may have feelings for him, <laughs> but, but no, I don't. Um, do you know what endometriosis is? A lot of women suffer from this. Uh, and their, their menstrual, their menses are really painful. Um, it's hard for them to conceive. Uh, they, they really go through hell. I've known a couple of women who have, who have had this problem. And you got this jackass with testicles pretending that he is suffering menstrual cramps. I mean, the look on his face, I mean, it's just, come on. And, and you know, the, the beauty of this photograph that I'm looking at is you can see his Adam's apple. He, he thinks he's a girl, but he's got an Adam's apple. He thinks he's a girl suffering from menstrual cramps, but he doesn't have a uterus. I mean, this is, this is a mental problem. It's, it's, a, it's the insanity of the left. Remember Richard Levine, a.k.a. Rachel Levine, uh, telling state medical board members uh, that they all have to work collectively to deal with gender misinformation. He's propagating it. He's propagating it. The libs of TikTok uh, posted the video. Uh, it's got 5 million views. And uh, it depicts, uh, depicts a trans woman supposedly suffering period pain after taking hormone replacement theory, uh, uh, therapy. A man just can't be suffering from menstrual cramps. He can't get pregnant. A man can't have children, uh, deliver children, through his uterus. It isn't possible. But you people who don't buy into global warming, you're science deniers. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely insane. You're the science deniers. I, I don't know how liberals sleep at night. Honestly, I don't. Um, we've got one more um, liberals of TikTok, uh, TikTok uh, video. It is a um, portly uh, young lady with um, burgundy and brown hair, false eyelashes, and a complaint about people losing weight. Apparently, this is offensive to her. Uh, let me see how much time she's going to take up. No, nope, I can't do it. I can't do it now, but I will do it after the news. It's, it, it, have you known anybody that, you know, I, you know what, Brian? Apparently, I am guilty having lost weight. Uh-huh. I, I didn't realize that I was committing an offense. But if, if you're losing weight, you're fat phobic. Wow. I have never heard that before. Fat phobic, homophobic, uh, what other phobia, phobias do they... Everybody is something if they don't agree with the left. Uh, but apparently, this woman who is, uh, well, a bit chunky, and I don't care about that, I really don't. Um, but if, you know, if she's going to be chunky and, and uh, men aren't going to swoon when she walks in front of them, uh, then it's your fault for losing weight. Because you're making her look bad. We'll play that next. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network.
is the Gary Nolan Show. It is 1035. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. McCarthy, is he going to make it to Speaker of the House? Uh, hopefully we'll be able to carry the audio for you uh, if there's a, a vote taken. Uh, this would be historic if, <laughs> if McCarthy doesn't get it. Uh, we opened the program talking about it this morning. Uh, there are uh, five Republicans at least, maybe as many as 15, who just don't want McCarthy. They are conservatives, and they think he's going to give us the same old, same old, and they don't want that. Uh, so we'll find out. Um, also, we'll find out on the second vote who their nominee is. Uh, everybody wants to know who these uh these Republicans who are opposed to McCarthy, who their guy or gal is, we'll find out. And hopefully we'll find out sometime in the next hour. Uh, in the meantime, before I get to the uh, my own guilt, apparently, at being fat phobic, uh, let me see what David has a question on electricity. David, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? I'm, I'm pretty good. I was wondering about something that I saw posted up on the uh, web, on well, Facebook or on Google or something, and it was a thing from Ameren saying that they were willing to put up the solar panels on your house. And my question was, how could they justify that? How would they profit from it? And how could they justify? I'm, I'm just curious about that. What what would they gain from that? Well, what they might gain is a subsidy from the federal government to do it. They, they may be getting underwritten. Exactly. And I thought, that was my point. Other people were saying, well, you know, they could, you know, I don't, I don't even remember what their arguments were, but it, it seems totally uh, unreal to me because, you know, well, the sun's free. You know, you don't have to mine for it. You don't have to... Uh, Draw, you know, drive it here. You don't have to pipe it here or anything like that. It's just the sun, and you know. So all the only thing you have to do is to distribute that energy that you get from it. But I can't, I can't see how you could really justify it and as a, as income for your company. Well, the power company might justify it as income because they're getting that subsidy from the federal government. Uh, yeah. And you, of course, um, would would benefit at the expense of other taxpayers. The bottom line is there's not enough sunshine in Missouri uh, to make the damn things really pay off. They're, they're just a total waste. And just remember, the company in China that makes the uh, most of these uh, solar panels, they're powered by a coal-fired electric generating plant. And if these... Solar panels were so good, so dependable, and so efficient. Why would they need coal to generate the electricity to build the panels? Yeah, well, you you pretty well answered right along the lines I have been answering, and I was just curious if there was anything I maybe missed. But I I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> All right, David. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. So most of us. Um, if if we put on some weight, we want to lose it. We want to look good. We know that it's healthier uh, to not be obese. And so we work at it. And, you know, I think it's perfectly normal. But apparently, uh, according to this burgundy and brown-haired um, woman who apparently has a weight problem, uh, what's the old joke? She can't wait to eat. 
she thinks this is this is fat phobic. Generally speaking, there's three kind of big buckets of reasons why someone might engage in intentional weight loss. First is desirability, second, health, third, stigma. But at the end of the day, all of those are rooted in fat phobia in different ways, and I'll explain. First, desirability. That is kind of the most obvious when it comes to fat phobia. We currently live in a society that uplifts thinness, able-bodiedness, whiteness, cisness, and heterosexuality as the things that are most desirable. And so if you are wanting to lose weight in order to become more desirable, you are upholding a fat phobic beauty standard, as well as, you know, white supremacy knowledge as. So next is health. What we know is that weight is not a good indicator of someone's health and also your health is not an indicator of your worth. You can have health and body related goals for yourself that are not about fat phobia and not about weight loss. So let me give you an example. You might decide that you have a goal of hiking a particular mountain in your area. Now you would be engaging in different types of movement in order to achieve that goal. You may or may not lose weight in doing that. And in fact, there's lots of fat mountaineers and hikers. Third bucket reason is that you might be facing extreme fat phobia and anti-fat bias in your own life and you have personally mentally hit a wall where you can't deal with it anymore and so you decide to intentionally lose weight. That is actually the case with Roxanne Gay, who is very tall. They are like six foot or six one and prior to their weight loss surgery, they would have been categorized as a super fat. You get it? They? Roxanne? They? (laughs) Not her. They. So being a super fat and being that tall comes with a particular type of physical accessibility challenge as well as anti-fatness. And so for that reason, Roxanne Gay elected to have weight loss surgery. But it's really important that if you still go through with intentional weight loss that you don't sacrifice fat liberation politics because otherwise it's still just fat phobia, even if you're doing it for your mental health and accessibility. Uh, Brian? comments um i love being lectured by people that think they know it all about everything Uh uh-huh and it's really enlightening and so i will never you know think of you know fat people in the same way ever again you know as i watched her chins vibrating (laughs) she has to be careful not to laugh she might start a ripple but uh i thought to myself uh, and, and, I'm, and this is reference to you. Uh, how dare you not be fat? <laughs> how dare you, Brian, not be fat? Well, you I kind of are- am. I've got kind of a, even though I don't drink, uh, I've got kind of a beer belly starting. It's kind of a little, little bump there. Brian, you're a skinny connected gas pipe. <laughs> I'm not skinny. You are skinny. No, I weigh 180 pounds. That's not fat, but it's not skinny. Yeah, you're skinny. But I look down sometimes and go, wait, where'd that come from? You should be fat. (laughs) You should be fat because I guess. You know, thin may be in, but fat's where it's at. And and this girl knows uh, because she is. And by you being thin, that just rubs it into her. I know. I I feel terrible too. You know, you don't sound very remorseful. (laughs) You you sound (laughs) <laughs> like, like you don't give a rodent's rectum. 
Uh, am I reading more into this than I should? No, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. So don't lose weight, because if you do, well, you're apparently offensive to, to fat people. Uh, Generally speaking, there's three kind of big buckets of reasons why someone might engage in intentional weight loss. First is desirability. Second, desirability. Well, you don't want to succumb to that. No. You don't want to. If you're looking to find uh, someone to, you know, spend your life with, you certainly don't want to be thought of as desirable. My God, that, that's just <laughs> that's just a terrible idea. At least. In her mind. <sighs> Some mother's kids. You, ju you just can't make this stuff up. Um, all right, so we've got uh, the federal government and all of these. If you've been following all these Twitter, uh, and I'm, a, you know, obviously a week uh, plus uh, behind the eight ball on this, but apparently Biden's director of national intelligence and uh, his British uh, counterpart, calling for alliances with big tech to make government-backed narratives appear trusted. Wow. And the passing of a pope coming up. It is uh, 1049. Glad to have you with us. Coming up in, in just a few minutes, really, uh, the uh, Republicans are going to have to uh, vote on the new Speaker of the House. Hopefully, uh, we'll be able to carry some of that, depending on how long it takes them to get to the vote. Um, it, 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 McCarthy can't afford to lose, uh, but a couple at four or five, and he's and, and he can't he can't nail down the speakership. Uh, there are five that are saying they won't vote for him, and there are another fifteen or so that allegedly are also arguing they're not going to vote for him. So who will the next speaker of the house be? Because everything freezes, everything stops until. There is a speaker elected in the House of Representatives. We're going to find out from those uh, conservatives who are not going to vote for McCarthy, who they're uh, going to suggest would make a great speaker of the House. Uh, we're not going to find that out until the second vote. I would love for this to move with alacrity. My fear is there will be all kinds of bloviating and speeches and blah, 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 and we're not going to get to the bottom of this. But we, if there is any progress on this, we will carry it. Uh, what is what is Brian and Spree? He wants to update me on what? Brian, welcome. How are you? Hi, Gary. Hey, I just wanted to give you the heads up. Uh, I haven't been calling in for a while because I've been confined to my house because I've had developed this heart problem. And this heart problem is called POTS. P-O-T-S. It has been around forever. It's something that basically it's it regulates your body um, or attacks the part that regulates your body, your blood pressure. So when you stand up, you sit down. So my blood pressure goes into the basement. I've had it as low as 50 over 20. And I've made three trips to the emergency room. All this crap, been going through this for like three months now. And POTS is caused by COVID vaccine. POTS can be caused by COVID vaccine. Well, I had the COVID vaccine. I had no heart problems, none, Zippo. 
Now I have heart problems. I've had two TIAs. Transient ischemic. Since, all since taking that damn vaccine. Did you so, did you do any did, did you do any uh, research into POTS uh, and what others who have suffered from it in the past endured? I mean, did it come on suddenly for others like it did for you? Is there something unique? Mine, mine gravitated within like a thirty day period. I started having this falling blood pressure. They, uh, I had what was kind of like a dose of bronchitis and had it three weeks in a row. Got off of it with medication, came right back. Finally, my pharmacist says, have you had a, um, um, have you had a chest x-ray since you had your vaccination? And I go, no. And he goes, I think you need to get one. Showed fluid around my heart and my lungs. So they immediately diagnosed me with an enlarged heart. Well, now that we've gone through all this crud, um, I'm the one that, that found it and went back to my cardiologist and I go, why didn't you tell me I had POTS? And she goes, well, I hadn't confirmed it yet. And I go, and POTS is being caused by the vaccine. And she goes, well, yes and no. She didn't want to commit one way or the other. So it hit. So you well, so the people know it's called postural tachycardia, right? Uh, and it is uh, a condition where the heart rate increases on changing uh, the posture, such as lying or sitting up or standing. Uh, this right. causes dizziness and fainting. Uh, more than yeah. two hundred thousand cases a year in the United States. Uh, there are treatments that can help manage it, but there is no known cure. Uh, rarely requires lab test uh, or imaging. Can last several years or be lifelong. Uh, right. Common in people ages 15 to 50. More yeah. common in women. Women. Um, family history may increase likelihood for some types. Uh, so it's at the national news Friday on the midday news report on NBC. And they were actually interviewing one of the uh, big hospitals out in California that was doing testing to try and find out how many people actually had it and developed it after their uh, vaccine. And this gal, this reporter was sitting there live interviewing this doctor that was running this program. And she goes, uh, she, she makes a comment that well, now we have something else that COVID pandemic has caused. And he goes, excuse me, this is not from COVID pandemic. This is from the vaccine. Well, um, it, it, so, it, it, is there any way to determine if you have correlation or causation? Is there a, a <laughs> test that will validate your suspicion? Not really. There, there is nothing other than the fact that there are they're going to confirm the diagnosis after um, they're putting me back on a heart monitor for two weeks. It just stays on me. And um, they're going to confirm that I don't have anything but the heart palpitations go up around 120. The blood pressure hits the basement. And I literally have had blood pressure many times at 50 over 20. 
not well, even supposed to be alive at that. They're, they're saying that there are treatments, though there is no cure, and that apparently for some people it just it does go away. So I'm going to keep well, my fingers crossed that for you it goes away. Happened to me. This is what I think brought it on to me immediately after seeing that I had fluid around my lungs and heart. Of course, they put me on Lasix. They took me off salt, and I couldn't have, I had to stay under 64 ounces of liquid a day. Well, everything that sets this off, low salt will set it off. Low fluid will set it off, like dehydration. I've even had hyperventilation from it. And, I mean, I get this thing like three to four times a day. Wow. And, I mean, it, it just... It just completely discombobulates me. Are you allowed and to I drive? Should, I shouldn't be. I've, I've driven today for the first time in God knows how long. Yeah, and I just, I'm taking it very easy. But as long as I'm sitting down, it's not an issue. And once I eat something, it gets a lot better. So everything after lunchtime is a lot less of a problem than it is first thing in the morning. I mean, I, I have like four or five minutes from the time I get out of bed to the time I got to hit my recliner because I'm going to hit the floor if I don't. Wow. And then I sit there and I, I it, my blood pressure drops so low that my blood pressure cup, my arm, my little oximeter on my finger, none of them will read. And I have to sit there for about four or five minutes and finally, it'll start reading when my low side of my blood pressure gets up in the high 30s, and uh, it'll start reading, and the oximeter will start reading, and it's a mess. And so now, they still haven't taken me off Lasix. They still haven't taken me off this high dosage of blood pressure medication, which I didn't have blood pressure problems. All right. Uh, Brian, I am running out of time. I wish you the best of luck. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not discounting it. It could very well be that you have nailed it, that it, it was caused by the, uh, by the vaccine. Could also be coincidence. Um, hopefully they'll do some studies and see if they can narrow that down. Uh, in any case, uh, there are some medications, I guess, that will help ameliorate the problem. Uh, and with a little luck, maybe it'll go away for you. Brian, thank you for the call. Do take care, okay? I get back when they take me off. All right, I got to run, Brian. I, I have no choice. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. It is the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.